What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Oz Hoopers TV, uh, season two, episode four, featuring Will McDowell White. Very excited for this episode. Um, how's you doing? Man, I'm, I'm doing well. Ex- equally excited for the episode, man. Um, I've been off you, actually, off your hype. I've been keeping an eye on Will McDowell White. You've been hyping him up, and I'm impressed. Excited to talk to him. Um, Rio Grand Rally Viper, uh, which is the G League's uh, Rockets G League affiliate. Um, and now is a New Zealand breaker. So yeah, we're keen to have him on. Uh, let's get straight into the episode. Um, real quick, the NBL today is Sunday when we're recording this. Perth just uh, smacked the Kings and Bryce Cotton, I think now has gone against our word of Nathan Sobey being MVP. I think he's I think he's the front runner right now. Come to the party. <laughs> yeah, what do you reckon? You yeah. reckon? Yeah, just as we spoke about too, we said pointy end of the season, you know, experienced a vet, been here before, so he's he's coming to turn up now. Um, yeah. I still think Serbia makes a case, man, you know, depending on how the bullets finish strong this season. But exactly. it's definitely like, me, it's a, it's a two-horse race, see who kind of comes out on top. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I think as the season plays out and Perth is at the top, it's hard to look past Bryce Cotton. But yeah, um, Luke Travers just had a massive game, 16 points. Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't miss from the field. Uh, he came on and had 11 points in three minutes. Um, really solid player. What are your thoughts on Luke Travers? Uh, I like Luke Travers a lot, man. He came out to Sydney one time um, and I was um, working at the, the AUSA facility and they were getting ready for their touring team to go over to the States to go play the AOU ball. Um, that was the first I heard of Travers and a couple other guys that recruited him to, to come on that trip were talking him up and hyping him up. So I worked him out. I, I put him through a workout and, and you know, we were there and I was very impressed. Um, he had Michigan State looking at him. He had a couple of like high major D1s that were really interested. Yeah. And he chose to stay in Perth and, you know, it seems to be a good decision, man. He's getting some playing time and, and stepping up, you know. Yeah, very, the, very under the radar player, I, I reckon. He's 19. I think, I think. He's under the radar personality too. Like yeah. he keeps it quiet. Like he's a, he's a pretty like humble, quiet kid. Doesn't say too much. Even his personality on court, I really like it. Like he's, you know, he's got that kind of doesn't give anything away, poker face type game. Yeah. Um, but at his length, I've seen him. He just clamps up, man. He defends. Not afraid to defend other players' best players. Rebounds the ball well. Always in the right spot offensively. He's an unselfish type of guy. One of those guys that I think. Doesn't need the ball in his hands, but you look at the you look at the statue at the end of the game, and he's he's got like you know eleven points, eight rebounds, four assists, yeah. three steals, and a block, and it's like, yeah. So I think bright future for Travis for sure. Um, I can't speak too much on him. I haven't seen too much of Travis, but I watched him at nationals a couple of games. He had a big dunk, um, on Queensland, really big dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a really good defender from what I've seen in the Perth games. Um, good lengthy forward, and yeah. I think he's a big part of that team. I know they. I know they start him, and then they rip him off with nine, like after nine minutes or so. Sometimes they don't bring yeah. him back on, but I want to. I want to yeah. see him on the court. I think he'll be a big part of their, um, you know, run to the finals. I feel like he's not. Yeah, well, he signed. Coach. He signed a DP plus two, so I think yeah. this is the second year of his contract. So he's like on a fully fully roster position. Um, but even last year as DP, I think he played some meaningful minutes in in crucial stages. Seems like Trevor Gleason has some some trust in him, man, and relies on him heavily and that's always a good sign as a young kid playing for an NBL team you know um, yeah. so yeah definitely under the radar and, and excited to see his development and another one that you know probably is going to catch the eye of some NBA teams man 
if he hasn't already. I agree. I reckon he definitely has. He's got a couple on a couple eyes on him for sure, especially because he's so young. Um, yeah. Another thing I want to get into real quick. Um, we just posted a vote, uh, video yesterday of this young kid, Rocco. Um, forgive me if I get your last name wrong, but I think it's Zikarski. Um, I went and filmed the under-16s finals, which I, I always love doing um, because I like seeing these young guys and I haven't really heard of many of them. I heard of one or two of them. Um, I know LeBron Brooks as well, for those who, um, you know, watch Queensland basketball. Um, but yeah, I've heard a little bit of this kid. He played Rip City. Um, I know he's massive, but I didn't know he was 14. That is huge. Seven foot one at 14. That's like, you know, that's like viral stuff. Um, um, I don't know if you guys have watched the recent clip, but his footwork's nice. Um, did you watch the recent clip? What do you think of him? I did. I watched that tape, man. And I didn't know he was 14 until you you told me, man. Yeah. Like, 14. He's mobile. He's mobile yeah. for seven one, man. Like, he can move. He looks like he's got good hands and good touch. Like, he had that one little play where he got that offensive rebound and just did, like, the big man's up from the spot. Yeah. Like, just two hands in the rim. So I was like, damn, at 14, man. I'm always, you know, especially here, man. AIS, oh sorry, Center of Excellence. Now they um they love length at a young age, length and height. Like they 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 look for that. So I think he's going to be recruited heavily. Yeah, hopefully he gets the right coaching. You know, stays in shape. That's the one thing I saw about him. I'm like, usually these seven one guys are a bit slow on their feet, um, but he pulled up for a three and his form looked really good. Um, yeah. And he was quick getting back on defense and stuff like that. Um, looks like he knows how to play the game. So I'm excited for his future. Um, Definitely. I hope- when, I, when I see that length, the first thing I look for is like mobility. Like, are they able to transition from O to D and free throw line to free throw line? Like, how quick do they get up and down yeah. the floor? He looks like he's got a motor. Like, he can move and he can run and, like, you know, moving pretty well for his height. He's, he's aggressive. He's aggressive too. A lot of these a lot of these um, big guys around Australia, you see, yeah. like, they'll get bumped and they'll be like, ah, oh. like, you know, a bit yeah. soft, but he's, he's angry. He's, he's, he's aggressive. I yeah. like it. No. That age too, yeah, you know, like, like you know, how you see like long guys that don't really know like how how big they are. Yeah, and they kind of look like Bambi, like falling over their legs yeah. and stuff. That's, he doesn't look like I mean. that. Yeah, yeah, he looks like he knows his body type. He like he knows he's long, he's athletic. He knows how to use it already. So yeah, let's keep an eye on him. Or you keep an eye on him, especially. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you with the Australian system bring these plays up? We were discussing mm-hmm. something the other week. What are your thoughts on? The specific topic of the national teams is what we were talking about. Um, yeah. A couple players, because I was looking at the teams, I'm like, there's a couple people that aren't playing and I've been asking around, like, why aren't you playing states and stuff like that? And a yeah. lot of them have been saying, like, um, can't afford it. Or, yeah, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I know I know you were yeah. a little bit, like, of frustrated. Course, man. I've, got, I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts for real. Um Listen, without knowing the full story, obviously, I, I'm not I'm not involved in, like, state team selection. I'm not involved in nationals and BNSW or Basketball Australia in any way. Yeah. But I, I have a fair bit to do with the players that kind of play at that level. Um, well, from New South Wales, anyway. Um, and it disappointed me a little bit that certain guys don't get the opportunity to play nationals who can't afford it. First, I didn't know that you had to pay. And it's a, it's a ludicrous amount of money, from what I'm told, um, to play. Um, so this is just off like my sources like I'm not saying yeah. if it's wrong I'm open to being corrected by all means but from what I've been told it's like a fair bit of money and if you can't afford it it's like you know you really get assistance it's like you can get a payment plan but you end up have to paying the money and that's one of the biggest things I find like in the states anyway if like I'm just comparing 
you're a young player, like, you know, 14, 15 to like 17, 18, guys will come and take care of you in terms of the basketball side of things. Because yeah. like you're too, you're too talented to let go. You cannot, we can't not afford to have one of our youngest players not performing in the big stages and be in the eyes of the big coaches and the scouts and things like that. Um, so I don't know where the hole in the system is. I don't know how they're going to get funding. I don't know if that's the actual issue, but like you got, you got certain kids like that are just super talented. Like one of my close guys, like Guru, you know, we, we, you just dropped the tape in recently. I was working him out. Like, man, this guy's six, 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 seven, crazy. jumps out the gym, crazy athlete. Like arguably one of the best wings in the country for his age in terms of talent. Like he can't fall through the cracks. You know what I mean? No, exactly. He, he that's, that's one of the he upsetting things. Like he, I don't care what it takes. Like he needs to be playing from, from what I think. And, yeah, it's just sad. I don't think he's the only one. I think there's probably a few other cases like that, you know? 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's it's a little bit frustrating because, you know, all eyes are on this Nationals tournament, the under-20s. It's a it's the biggest stage. And to see some kids, you know, who should definitely be on the team, let alone be the star of the team, or uh-huh. possibly, you know, they'll put up great numbers. You know, um, yeah. for example, David Ock. I could get this name wrong again, but David Aquera. Yeah. He had a great nationals. He was, he was on the radar a little bit to be had a, he, but he had a great nationals last nationals and it put his name on the map. You know, he got college offers, um, Arkansas, all those other type of colleges, you know, it's big, it's big to play in these tournaments and, and to see that, and to see that like players like Buru, for example, you know, in the situation or whatever, not being able to play, it yeah. sucks, you know. I feel like it's okay. I, I don't know. I'm not in the position to talk about it because I don't know what's going on behind closed doors or, you know, yeah. with everything they pay for and such. But I kind of understand it for rep levels because the rep level isn't a, you know, um, how do I say it? It is. It, it's not a one-off tournament, but it's like it's not yeah. as big as a company as Basketball Australia or Basketball Queensland or like yeah. your, your local rep comp can't really afford to like pay for you to travel or whatever but national you're talking about the 10 best players in the state exactly 10 best like some of the some of these state teams you're looking at and you just like that isn't the 10 best players in the state you can name five like you know off rip but you know i don't know I don't know. And I, I agree. I, I agree with what you said. I think it's, it's clear. I think it's very important to state that obviously, like, I don't want to sound like I'm just bitching and moaning about nothing. It's yeah. like, I, I understand. It's disappointing, but it's like, I want to, I want to be a part of the solution. I want to find out like, how can we, how can we get those guys exactly. to play? Like, so is there efforts being put in to do that? Because I'm not sensing it. If there is, I mean, like I said, I'm open to correction, but I'd love for there to be, that kind of effort to get guys on the map to be like, no, this guy's elite and we need him. And like, if I was in, like, for instance, New South Wales, I'd be doing whatever I could to get Buru, man. Like, exactly. it's just a no-brainer. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it shouldn't just be like, oh, can you afford it? No, all right, cool. I'll pick the next guy. Yeah. What? Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. I think they do something in the States where if like an older guy has a lot of money and he sees this young guy struggling a little bit, and like they think he can really, you know, make it to the league, they will invest them to play in these tournaments and travel and stuff like that. And then, I mean, I don't know if they get paid back or whatever. I don't know how it works, but I think that's, you know, I don't know. You got to find solutions to fix this stuff. Of course, it's always dangerous, man, when you start like toying with it and putting pressure on a kid to want to make it and paying for all this stuff. 
and stuff. Like you don't want to go down that route, but it's like you got to somehow figure out a way to get these kids to play. I've even seen situations like um, guys that I know that have played state or nationals before and, and got their fees, not waived, but like, oh, you can go on a payment plan and then they mm-hmm. don't pay back in full and then BNSW or whoever just go, no, you're not allowed to pay. You're not allowed to play any more rep- representative games or represent Australia again or do any of these things unless you pay your money back. And it's like, man, these kids are like talented. And yeah, we're yeah. talking, this is not like, just like some guys that are like, oh, pretty good at basketball. These are like the next best stars, potentially going to be at Boomers camps and D1 college offers and NBL players. And it's like, they have, they have an option now. Do you want to set them up for their career and put them on the map? Or is it like, you know, I don't know. I would I love agree. to know what the problem is. And I'd love to know, get to the to root of how we can solve that problem. But we can't be losing guys. I agree. Well said. Um, next thing, earlier this week, on a better note, well, it depends how you look at it. Uh, Bawali Bales, Bawali Bales has left Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, the the Rainbow Warriors. He's decided to come back and play professionally in Australia. What were your initial thoughts? Let's hear it. Um, so I'm 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 pretty. I I, I spent a lot of time with Bawali, and I, I talked to him a lot during his freshman year, and obviously worked him out a lot. Um, and he's back in town now in Sydney, so I'm looking forward to working out with him again when he's out out of quarantine. Um. So my initial thoughts were, I was very happy for him. Um, I've kind of like, I, I talked to him about it all. And when he was kind of telling me like, that's the situation and that's what he thinks. I was like, yo, it's, it's a great opportunity for you. Um, I think it's really important. Like guys like that at his age really start to take control of their, those decisions and figure out like what, what they think is best for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he seems like he's got his head switched on as to why he's doing certain things and what he wants. So when I first found out, I was excited for him. I thought it was a great opportunity. And, you know, he told me he's going to weigh it up and see what happens. And, you know, he's it blew up a little bit. Like, as soon as he announced it, there's a lot of people talking about it now. So, see where he ends up, man. Um, uh, the reports are Sydney Kings are interested um, mm-hmm. and also Illawarra Hawks have, are yeah. interested. I think there'll be more teams as time goes on. I think, um, I think but, a few teams have reached out to him now yeah. um, on a superficial level. Obviously, it's still NBL season right now, so... There's some bigger things to worry about. And then signing periods, you know, around July, I think, is when they sign, when they look to sign. So, but there's been some initial interest from what I hear and, and from what he's, he's kind of mentioned. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Bawali is easily one of the top players in his age group out of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, easily one of the best scorers, I feel like. If you need a bucket, I yeah. don't know if I'd want anyone, I don't know if I'd want the ball in anyone else's hands. Yeah, he kind of he's one of those guys that's like that's what impressed me about him. And I'm trying I'm trying to keep keep the bias out of it because I've I've grown close with him over the last two years since I've kind of worked him out. But like he's one of those guys that like wills his willpower is like pretty unbelievable. Like he wills that ball in the hoop. Like you know you watch that South Australia game with a three ball. It's like I wouldn't call him a sniper. I'm not gonna count. I'm not gonna say he's like a sniper, but he's like for some reason when you need a bucket, like you said, like that ball just goes in the hoop. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I'm I'm huge on Bawali's game. One of my favorite players to watch by far. Um, yeah. How do you reckon you he's going to fit? Spend enough time with him that you you find out he's a headache, man. Yeah, to yeah, talk yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to like that one. Um, <laughs> how do you think he's going to fit in the NBL? It's it's all depends on usage rate. He's a high usage guy, man. He needs the ball in his hands. It's one thing that that I tried to like. I was talking to him about during his college season. Like his he wasn't used to his level of what he wanted to, how he felt like most comfortable. He's one of those guys that needs a ball in his hands and 
you never get a twist. He can play off the ball when he's pretty good, but it's like you get the best out of him when the ball's in his hands. So for him personally, I think it's going to be a matter of just adjusting to the pros, bigger bodies, faster pace. Like you're not guarding a 17 year old, 18 year old kid anymore. You're guarding Bryce Cotton now. Like that's exactly. slightly <laughs> different. Now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, and he's gotten away, not gotten away, but he's been elite defensively, and we've seen that. Can that transition to the NBL? I think it can. He's a fast learner and he'll get there. But I think initially the Kings are going to have to, it's going to be interesting for him to see how they utilize him. If he gets the ball in his hands a lot and he's able to do his thing, I think he'll adjust to it pretty quickly and he'll be pretty effective. Um, you know, we've seen like Giddy be effective with the ball in his hands. I think Bawali can, obviously it goes about it differently to Giddy, but he can be effective, man. He can be an impact player at a young age. Um, so I'm hoping that they they put some faith in him, if it's the Kings. I know it might be the Hawks, it might be whoever else, but... Hoping whoever wherever he lands, they put some faith in him to, to go out and make plays. And he's a high risk, high reward type guy, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. obviously very elite defender. Um, I think what you said with the system, system basketball sort of stuff, he's got to adjust. And you know, it's like he's been playing his whole life where he gets the ball at the top of game, you do your thing. But it's just yeah. adjusting to like, you know, being a the you know, third or fourth option in the NBL. Which, yeah, it might, it might start like that for sure. It will start like that. That's like for Hawaii, for example, you're coming in, these guys have been playing four years, mm-hmm. you know, freshman guard, you can't expect to, you know, play through you, you know, but yeah, I don't know. And that's uh, something that him, like that's his like, yeah, that's like, one thing on. that stands out about him. He's hungry for that. Like, you know, he's like, I don't care if I'm a freshman. That was his approach. He's like, yeah, yeah. they look at me like a freshman, but I don't care. I'm guarding seniors, like I'm guarding whoever. I, that's I'm a good thing though. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's probably got him to the stage that he's at right now. The fact that he just hasn't cared at all at any point in time. He backs himself, has confidence in his game. And if that continues and he ends up in the right situation, then we'll see we'll see some big things from him, man. Do you think he do you think he should have um tried staying NBL instead of going Hawaii to Hawaii? Or do you think it was a good learning curve? Um personally, I think I think it was great for him, man. I think I think it was it was good for him to go experience that. Um like I said, I, I can't, it's impossible for me to say whether it's better or worse than if he yeah. would have stayed. Like, I think it's, the main thing is he made a decision based on what was happening at the time and he had college set in, set in his sights and he got himself a D1 scholarship and he took it, man. He had a few schools interested. So I think it was a good learning curve for him. Showed him a little bit, obviously, like just how it is in, in other places and got him probably toughened him up a little bit mentally as well, being away from home and probably not getting the most out of his basketball that he, he would have anticipated. So I think overall good decision, but I, I'm I'm glad to see him come back home, um, and and you know explore his professional career and, and start that off. Me too. I'm keen. I'm keen for the mm-hmm. oh, if Kings get him. I'm keen for the Kings season next season. Yeah, um, well, if they get him for sure. Yeah, might be a Kings fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got we got Will McDowell joining us. Um, super excited. One of our one of my favorite players. Um, 22 years old. Uh, just averaged three, three and three in the G League and has decided to come back to the breakers. Um, yeah, we'll pick his brains a little bit and see how he's going. Up, how you doing? How you doing, man? Much. Um, just want to introduce you to Hesh. She's going to be co-hosting the show with us. How you doing, bro? Good. How are you? Good, man. Good. How, how's quarantine? 
You quarantining right now? Yeah, yeah this shit's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> How many days boring. you got left? I'm, I'm actually out tomorrow in the morning. Oh, that's all right. Um, I don't know. Straight into training? Yeah, I got some medical stuff to do. And some, yeah, work out some five on in the afternoon. That's all right. Um, where you at right now? You guys, I know New Zealand has been on the road a bit because um, COVID, but where are you at right now? I'm in Sydney right now. And then um, tomorrow, tomorrow I'm in Melbourne. Um, when's your first debut game? I believe it's in Perth. Okay. That'll be big. On like Thursday or something like that next week. Okay. Tough. All right. We'll get straight into the uh, questions. We'll start off with your early life and getting into basketball. How'd you get into basketball? Uh, I was just through dad. Um, you know, obviously dad was a AFL player. Um, kind of, I think it was just, uh, you know, something came out about, uh, came out, came about it at school. And uh, yeah, dad was just trying to get us into everything, every kind of sport. And um, yeah, since then we just all, I mean, the whole family's just stuck with it. Um, how long have you been playing basketball for? Yeah, uh, probably since I was five, five or six. Okay. Playing organized. Um, but yeah, never really want I didn't think I'd take it, take it up seriously until I was forced to by dad pretty much. <laughs> Um, yeah, your dad obviously played um, AFL professionally for 14 years. Um, what was his influence like on your sporting career? Was he a big influence? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was huge. He was probably the biggest influence um, for all of us, really, you know, because he's he did it for 14 years at the top. Yeah. Um, you know, winning three, three, uh, three premierships is like, you know, you can't really – you, you, you can't go wrong with that. Exactly. Like, there's, no wrong, there's no wrong way to go about it. Um, you know, so he would just give us you know, his input every, um, you know, whenever we needed it. And, you know, it's obviously help, helped us so far. So um, hopefully he does keep it up and, um, you know, he, he should be proud of what he's done for us. Um, obviously, dad won three premierships, like you said. Um, was, he ever, was he ever hustling you to get on, like to stay with AFL or was he mad when you picked basketball or? No, nah, no, nah, he, he, he wanted me to stay with basketball. I, yeah. um, I was, there was a point where I was kind of leaning towards uh, footy a lot. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a quick conversation with him. He kind of just said, um, you're not playing footy, you're playing basketball. So, you know, <laughs> you're not, you know you're not going to, you're not going to mess with your dad if he says that to you. So, um, you know, obviously it worked out. He knew, he knew better than me at that point. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he told me to stay, stay with it. For sure, man. Hey, obviously you see a lot of like, a lot of elite athletes that have, you know, moms and dads that have that have played in the elite level as well. Is there like one bit of advice that your dad's given you that kind of sticks to you to this day? If you had to narrow it down to one, probably just um, watching you, you know, um, hang around the kind the kind of people you associate with. Um, you know, you can easily go down the wrong path once you've, I guess, you know, quote unquote, made it professionally and. Um, I think that's the best thing he's done. He's kind of um, he's guided us to keep keep away from you know the off court stuff that can can harm harm our career and our you know our, our bodies. Um, yeah. When did when did you start to take basketball really seriously? When did you think like, damn, I'm actually you know a high level player? Uh, probably when I was. Well, yeah, I was I probably had to make a decision when I was 15. But uh, when I thought I could really play was probably when I was 16. I went to Adidas Nations. Yeah, my first year there, and had a had a really good uh, 
a really good six days or however long it is. And from then I thought, man, I could, you know, I could take this pretty far. Yeah. So that's, um, that's probably the point where I really thought I can, um, you know, I can, I can really do this. You play anyone big at Adidas Nations? I know there's some big names that go there. Oh, shit, everybody. Everybody was there. Everybody, <laughs> like People like Dennis Smith, Lonzo, Chase Damn. Tatum. That's like, uh, like all, all, yeah, all the, all the boys were there. All the boys were there. Um, in 2013, uh, you were announced to the under-16s Australian FIBA squad. Um, was that your first announcement to an Australian team? Yeah, yeah, that was the first one. That was pretty Ex- exciting. Explain that experience of being picked for Australia and representing your country. It's actually crazy because, like, I, like I know it's not the senior level, but you never really think you're gonna make a an Australian team, especially because I think at the time I was only 14. Yeah, I was 14. I think my brother was 15. So, like, to do that at 14 is like exactly. that's like pretty crazy, you know? Like, uh-huh. you don't even know what basketball is like where it's gonna go. Exactly. And um, like, just getting the jersey presentation was just crazy. I was like. I honestly thought I was going to cry when I went back to my room. I was like, holy shit. There's no way. There, there was no way I just did this, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but that was probably, yeah, that was the first experience where I was like, Jesus, basketball can really take you anywhere. Yeah. How'd you guys go to that tournament? Uh, the, uh, I think that was in Melbourne. I think we played in Melbourne. I think that was the one we, yeah, we won that. We beat New Zealand pretty, pretty good in the final. Yeah. We had, I mean, we had a, we had a, Stack team stuff. That was who was, who was, who was on, on that? that? Yeah, who was on that? Who was on it? Uh, we had oh, like Jack White was there. Yeah. Uh, DJ, I, th- I think Isaac was on there. I can't remember if he was there or not because there was one team where Isaac didn't play with us. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was no one. Uh, so like Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson was there, Matt Owies, obviously, uh, Daryl, Kyle Clark, you know, a lot of guys who went to college, high majors, and you know, a, lot of, a lot of guys who were playing back here. Um, you also made the under 19s team, is that right? Yeah, yeah. In 2015. Um, how'd you guys go in that one? You guys win that one as well, or no, no. We uh, I think we came fifth. Okay. I think fifth or seventh, one of those. Um, I think yeah, US the US took that one out pretty yeah. pretty easy. That, that was a that was a world's, was it? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, in Greece. They had um that was like yeah, Jason Tatum, Terrence Ferguson, Harry Giles, just a whole bunch of NBA players. Who'd you guard? Well, thankfully, we didn't play the US. Thankfully. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> so I, I know if we played them, I probably would have asked if I could not play that game. No way I was doing that. Um, we'll get into your pro career. In 2016, after these um, Australian sides, you got asked to play in the Nike Hoop Summit. For people who don't know, the Nike Hoop Summit is like juniors in the USA and they versus the juniors, the junior world team. Um, you were in the team with DeAndre Ayton, um, Laurie Markinen, Thon Maker, Harry Froling. Um, explain that whole situation. How'd you get recruited? Uh, I'm actually not sure because I think I got I think I got added to it pretty late. Okay. Um, like yeah, the team was kind of already set, and then I think oh yeah, I just got added late to it. Um, obviously, you know, I guess someone said something to someone else, and I got I got to that. Um, that was crazy. Like, uh, so it's like it's in Portland. So you practice at the the Blazers practice facility. You go to the Nike headquarters, uh, all that. Then you play in the Motor Center. Like, you you pretty much get the full NBA experience, in a sense. And uh, that that was probably my uh, 
That's probably my favorite week of basketball that I've had. Besides the game, besides before we got smacked by 40. But Nike, Nike hook you up, obviously, with a bunch of gear and stuff. And oh yeah, probably too much, I'd say. I yeah, I I didn't know if I was gonna make it back with all those back. <laughs> That's gonna that, get that, that extra yeah. That's that's dope. By 17, you've gone to Greece, um, all around America, playing basketball. That sounds like you know, dream come true. You you are obviously close with Harry Froling. Um, you guys play QSL together um on that team. Do you have any funny stories from that trip? Oh I have I have one, but I I yeah, that's it's probably. Yeah. I can't. I was gonna yeah, say, you guys, you, guys are, you guys are public figures now, man. You gotta be careful what yeah. you say. Yeah, yeah, I'm not say. trying to. I don't make Harry look bad right now. So <laughs> that's uh, that's my boy. So I gotta, I gotta take care of it. Yeah. Um. In uh, was it the end of 2016? You were a DP for the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Towards the end of that. Yeah. Um. How was that recruiting process like? Did the Kings reach out to you? Um. And what was the overall experience like playing for the Kings? Yeah, so I was doing um, prep school for a bit uh, and that situation just didn't work out at all. Uh, so um, so I get, I, someone who lives in Sydney, um, I think it might have been, I think it might have been Tim, Tim Hudson maybe. Um, so yeah, someone like that just kind of passed the message on to Jeff, to Jeff and Gonigan and Jeff and my dad know each other. They've known each other for a while. So it was pretty. It was a pretty easy connection there to um, you know work that out. Um, but I think it was more so just because I was ready to ready to come back and just you know ready to play. Um, but that was a cool experience, man. Like I had Kevin Lish, Brad Newley, yeah, and now Jace at the Bulls. I had Jace there, like Josh Powell, who I think he won a championship with Kobe one year. Like I had a bunch of like just like legends in basketball around me. And I didn't, I really, cause I was on the 18, I didn't really know what to do. Like, I didn't, I don't think I spoke the whole season cause I didn't know what to say. I was like, if I say the wrong thing, they're probably gonna look at me different. So I kind of just stayed in my own place. Um, but it was cool, man. Like Drew, Drew's first year of coach, which was, which was pretty funny. You know, he was obviously in just player, player mentality. Yeah. You know, Copes, Copes is a bit of a legend. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it in Sydney. Loved it. That's cool. Did, did you ever have, um, Ever have college aspirations? Was that ever on the cards? Yeah, it was. It was for a bit. Um, then once, um, you know, it was it was a bit tough once the whole school side of it came into it. Um, it was just tough knowing what subjects and how many classes to do at that time. Yeah. You know, not many people, especially from Brisbane, weren't going to school. So yeah. it was hard to kind of ask around what to do. And, um, yeah, I think, like, I missed a couple of classes back at, back at school and it just – yeah, there was kind of no way it was gonna it was gonna work out. Yeah, I think that's a big big point for like younger guys. Tell me if I'm right, Will, but like just the academics associated with it. It's not just like you go there and hoop twenty four seven. Like you're a student athlete and you got to like hit the books and there's a lot of commitment with that side. Oh yeah, like I because I even went to um so when I was in prep school, I actually went to Fresno State for two weeks, um with Daryl before you know he started the school year or whatever and um. I didn't see Daryl from like 6 a.m. till like 8 p.m. I did not see him until because obviously you know, I wasn't enrolled in school, so I couldn't, I wasn't doing anything. I was just just basically in the room all day, go to the facility a bit and get some shots up or whatever. Um, but yeah, like it's just constant class, workout, 
class practice like then you gotta do all this study hall stuff that they were talking about that i wasn't listening to but like <laughs> i was just they, they're just on the go like 24 7 like it's it's a yeah. tough life but you know you just gotta like they say it's gonna kind of be built different for it mentally to, uh, to get through that um i saw after that you signed a uh four-year deal in germany um i did not know that um explain um how that came about so my agent was at Summer League and, uh, yeah, just one of the GMs just approached him. The GM from the German club, Bamberg, just approached him and asked what I was doing. And, he, you know, he just told him he's, he's available if you want to sign him. And then, yeah, they just signed me to that four-year deal. I only stayed for about a year and a half. Um, but, honestly, that, that was a great experience. You know, just being overseas on the other side of the world was cool. Yeah experiencing new culture and stuff and being in the Euro League, you get to travel around the whole of Europe, especially for early games. So I was doing that a lot. And um but yeah, it just it, it, it didn't end well, but um I, I still enjoyed it. Um what was it what was it like um playing internationally? What's the competition like? Well not many people will know this, but uh those guys over there are they're tough. Yeah. They're like I don't people over here don't really know how good those guys are over there. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, I understand, you know, they don't have the games over here on TV and things like that. Yeah. But um I think, you know, if people went over there and had a look at the way they play compared to now I'm not saying the NBL's bad because it's definitely not. Yeah. The NBL it's it's a top tier league. Yeah, exactly. And but um over there, yeah, it's just I think over there it's a lot more physicality and the IQs are just through the roof. Yeah, I've seen some um, I've seen I some were, mixtapes on Instagram of some of these passes. And some of the passes they're pulling off are insane. Like, and it's just like they just do it so effortlessly. It's like it's like they're playing out of the park, really. Sometimes, yeah. but yeah, because yeah, they just that's, have to that's something that I've noticed about European basketball, like the IQ that you said, like it's a lot more structured and it's a lot more kind of like chess. NBA is obviously like we watch that and we love the highlights and the talent level and the athleticism. Yeah, exactly. It's like Euroball is a little bit different. Um, what, what, what's the structure? If you don't mind me asking, if you remember, what's the structure like in the leagues? Because I think everyone just has this idea that you go to Europe and it's just like one league, but there's like hundreds of leagues. Every oh, yeah, country, two or three leagues, you know? Uh, well, I know for Germany, I think there's like four or five different, you know, like divisions, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the top one's the BBL, then the Pro A, Pro B, and it keeps going down. Um and it's so yeah, the way it works is like the top two teams from each league move up and the bottom two move down. Yeah. And then uh, like obviously teams in the top league, they'll most of them will play in like either EuroLeague, Euro Cup or Champions League. So most teams in the first league are playing in like you know two different leagues at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's know. similar to like their football, like when you have champions, UEFA yeah. Champions League and then EPL and then you know. Yeah, it's literally, yeah, exactly the same. Um, you mentioned before that um, you went to the summer league and your agent um, got picked up by a Germany guy or whatever. Um, what was the summer league like? Who'd you play for? Um, how'd you get in contact to go play in the summer league? And yeah, explain so, how that experience. Yeah, yeah, I was with I was with Houston, obviously. Um, yeah, just uh, that was when Daryl Moy was GM. Um, yeah, Daryl Daryl kind of said he been watching me for a couple of years and just wanted me to get over there and have a chance um yeah so he just hit my agent and we said uh yeah but like obviously we'll take the opportunity and um 
I mean, just like the just like what I was saying about the Euroleague, it's um, you know it's tough because a lot of guys are trying to get trying to get deals out of it. Yeah, exactly. So you know, they're playing 100 miles an hour, just all this energy, shots going up. Like Damon Lillard, as soon as they step over half court, it's going up. Yeah, just to show that they can shoot. Um, it, it was tough because I was just coming off surgery, so you know I was only I could only play literally. It was if I went over if I played 10 minutes in one second. Yeah. Like I was in trouble because I couldn't. I was only able to do it. Um, so obviously, I wish I played. I wish I would have played more. But you know, you can control what you control. But um, yeah, I mean, once again, it's cool. You know, you just 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 playing overseas. It's a different experience. What's to- the What's the mental side of it like? Because I can imagine some league man, it's like you said, like everyone's everyone's vying for a contract. You know, they're all trying to trying to be trying to be the top dog. That's How do you tough, that's, that, that, do, that, do you try and go like? Team type of guy, like I'm gonna be a guy that can throw an extra pass and get in there, or are you just like, all right, I'm gonna just try and drop 20, 25 this game right now. That's kind of frustrating when you're trying to make a name for yourself and everyone's thinking like this is my time to shine, ISO ball, you know. Exactly. I think well, I mean for our team, so we had Chris Clemens, who I don't yeah, know, I know, you know Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the rights right now, I think. The top, he's like the third leading NCA score of all time or something. Yeah. So we knew he was our scorer. That that was the first thing. We knew he was he was the main guy they were trying to showcase. So my main thing was just, I think he could make me look good by making shots. Yeah. He, you know, penetrating, dishing to him. And then we had Isaiah Hartenstein, a you know, big man rolling to the rim and Gary Clark who can stretch the floor. So, um, I mean, I, I just went in there just, just to play natural. I didn't want to show them something I'm not because, you know, that's not, I mean, that's not really going to get me anywhere. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I came in just trying to be a team guy. And you no, know, I think the thing I don't realize is like, especially in some league, it's the teams that play together that always win. Like yeah. you never really see the most talented team win because you know, a bunch of them are just trying to get, just, just get deals and um, trying to get their own. Um, talk to us about entering your name in for the NBA draft. How'd you go about it? Oh man, I think my agent did all that for me. I didn't really have a say. Uh, <laughs> That was cool. Um, the first year I did it was more just to get exposed to that, um, to those type of workouts and things like that for the next year, um, which I think I had more workouts the year, the first year. Whereas the second year we kind of planned it out a bit smarter. So we only go to teams who were really, you know, trying to trying to look at me and see if there's a possibility of anything that could happen. Um, but that's a grind, bro. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's all exciting. I remember one time I got to like OKC at midnight, had to be up at like 5.30 to do all this testing and then work out. Then, you know, you got to fly to the opposite side of the country and do another workout the next day. Yeah. Like a lot, of, a lot of that stuff going to happen. So you got to be mentally just locked into the max. Um, run, us through, run us through an example. What do they put you through? Is it just scrimmaging or are they some shooting drills or? Yeah, man. Oh, usually it's like, you know, you get loose with some finishing and then, uh, yeah, like they'll, do, they'll start off with a lot of skill work and then basically, yeah, you just might go one-on-ones and two-on-twos and three-on-threes because, um, you know, they only do six uh, six guys in a workout. And then you know, some teams will have like specific tests they want to do. So like I know Phoenix, they do the, I think, what is it, the the three-minute run. How many, how many, you know, up and downs you can do in three minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a Lakers do a certain shooting drill. Um, did, you get your, did you get your 30 in three minutes? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> up on NBA too, I bet. 
I was yeah. like, no, that's an extra two meters. So I'm just going to do, do what I can do. Um, we'll, we'll speak about um, the G League now. Um, you obviously played G League with the, the Rockets G League affiliate. Um, what are your thoughts on the what do you, what are your thoughts on the G League? Oh man, I think it's probably faster than the NBA. To be honest, yeah, with you. I, I've noticed that the the when I look at the G League um, box scores, there's a lot of oh, high yeah. scorers up there. You know, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, we averaged like 120 points in the in the bubble this year, something like that. Um, yeah, it's just so fast because it's literally like what I was saying about the summer league. Guys are just trying to get trying to get call ups, get these. No, 10 days, two ways, and things like that. So, and like I said, the summer league, it's the same thing. Like the teams that win and play together are the ones that get call ups. Like, I know my first year, we only had one, I think we only had one call up for the whole year. And, um, you know, there was a team, I think it was Memphis Hustle. They, as far as individual talent, they were nowhere, they were nowhere near us. Yeah. But I think their whole team got called up because they were the first seed in the West. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, guys are just that's it's just the same thing. Like you can tell what you can tell the teams like who they're trying to showcase. You know, you go to like I know in the bubble they had Jalen LeCue who was shooting everything for Indiana's uh, G League team. No, we had we had Kevin Porter, yeah, who was just going off every single game. KJ KJ Martin was 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 killing it too. So um, yes, yeah, it's it's a lot like some league in a way. Okay, which is. You know, it, 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 it hurts the international players that come in because obviously they all all they've done for 20 years is play, you know, make the right play, make the right pass, yeah. take the right shots. And, you know, some guys over here just come out there and just blaze away. Um, what was it? I was going to get into uh, Kevin Porter and Kenyon KJ. Um, what was it like training with those guys? Well, the thing, like, I only had one practice. So I only had one practice. I, because um, I was in Sydney. Yeah, for two weeks waiting for my visa. Then I do the six day quarantine in Orlando. So yeah, I only got out the day before. But um, my first impression of of uh, KP was he was just a clown. Like, yeah, coach would be talking, and he's just out there like joking around. I'm just like, this guy's like he's a little kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, like he's gonna be the reason we win it or the reason we lose it. And then you got KJ, who's the exact opposite on the court, who's just serious. 24-7, but you know, off the court, everyone's the same. We're all we're all, we're all like we're all big kids off the court. But um, yeah. like Kevin Porter is probably the most talented player I've ever played with. Yeah. That's how it is. You've been playing with, with a lot of people. Um, yeah, he got caught up to the Rockets recently. He's doing his thing in the NBA. Um hey, you mentioned the... something that I just I just sorry, sorry, Grace. Yeah, yeah, we'll um, you, you did mention something I wanted to just touch on. I think it's a good thing for, for people to understand. You did mention like 10 days and two ways. I think you signed an exhibit 10. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So can you just run run us through like the different types of contracts and the difference between like, like you know, a full-time guarantee contract and, and the two ways and the 10 days and how it all works? Yeah. Oh, so if you know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, like an exhibit 10 is hard to explain. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard of an exhibit 10. It's like... I think uh, so. The, I think every like NBA team has like four. I think it's like four affiliate spots they can like you know give to players, which is I think it's more like basically other teams can't touch them. I think or can't you know like like, like trade for them unless it's a call up or you know get those call ups in ten days and stuff. 
then obviously yeah. yeah you got the 10 day where you're there for 10 days then the two ways just uh two ways you can spend 45 days with the nba team and then the rest you're um down in the d league and then you know, obviously guaranteed is guaranteed and so is that the is that the is that the progression like ten days to two ways to guarantee is that the three yeah possible? yeah some guys have like non guarantees where they have to make it basically they have to make it to a certain date without getting cut and then on that date their their contract becomes guaranteed. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, at the start of this season, uh, you had a lot of interest from multiple NBL teams, um, and you chose to go back to the G League, um, and now you're back. What what changed your mind? Um, I think because, yeah, I wasn't really even going to come back after the bubble would finish. I was going to stay over there and, um, yeah, just like work out and things like that. Um, but then uh, New Zealand just kind of just kind of kept calling and saying, said that they need another creator out there. And so me and my agent, we sat down for We sat down for it. We watched the games and, um, yeah, we just thought, yes, I mean, it's probably a good time to go back. You know, it's been, I think, like five years since I played here. Yeah. You know, it's, a, um, it's a different league. More, you know, I've, as a player, I'm more mature and things like that. So, um, be good. yes, yeah, be good to be back and um, just show, show people how things have changed. Um, was there any other options? Um, why the breakers? Uh, well, I had um, no Brisbane were talking to me for a bit. Um, pretty much all bubble until a certain point. They said they didn't need they, they didn't need me, so I said that's fine. Um, you know, I think uh, Illawarra were a little bit interested. Um, Perth have asked about you know of a multi year deal um, over the next couple of years. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that was that was about it. But yeah, just because New Zealand was just Kept knocking on your door. It's calling every day. It's like we 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 need someone to help tie. We need someone to help tie. And yeah. it was kind of weird because I was sitting there like they have um like they have other guards on the team already. They yeah. kind of I thought they'd be looking for for a big man with the minutes that Colton's playing. Um, but I mean, yeah, they just kept kept coming and coming. So we so we so we went with it. Even are you excited to come home? Uh, like, were you excited to come home, sir? Yeah, I was ready to get out of there. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy over there. The way they're dealing with this stuff over there, it's just it's just ridiculous. I was yeah, I was I was ready to come home a while ago. Yeah. Um, what are you what are your goals for this season? What do you want to What do you want to achieve? Oh, I mean, man, just help 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 these guys win some games. Just and just come in and you know just let just make people see what's um what's changed from you know years ago and. You know, I know a lot of people haven't seen me play while obviously playing overseas. It's a bit harder to watch, but I guess to show people that I'm kind of worthy of being, uh, being named in that Boomer squad. Yeah, and that's that's and then, our next topic, getting named, yeah, into, yeah. getting named into the Boomer squad. Um, that was a huge announcement. Um, were you expecting it? I was not. I was not at all. I didn't think this call would, would come for at least another couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a call from uh, David Patrick. He said someone from the Basketball Australia office is going to give you a call soon. So um, I, I didn't know what it was about at that time. And then it was Gorge who actually called my phone and I was like, all right. Um, it was kind of like, what, like, what, like, what do you want? And then they asked if I want to play. And I was like, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, I know it's going to be a – because this team is so – this even the squad is so talented. Yeah. Like, it's 
this is easily a, a metal a metal team for sure. Um, like I'm kind of kind of going to approach camp like I have a chance, but I know it's going to be a long shot. Yeah, but I'm just going to go in there as if you know I've got my and just give myself the best opportunity. If I, if I make it, I make it. If not, then I, no, I set myself up for for future things. Yeah. Me and Reese spoke about it when when the squad came out. And yeah. We both. For what it's worth, man, we both think you should, you you're you're a crack, man. I think I think yeah, they could use hundred percent. Sure. Um. Yeah, it's definitely a long shot because there's a couple NBA NBA names in there, and there's a couple guys that you know made the squad previously. And but I reckon you go kill it at training camp. You got a real good shot of getting in. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more just going in with confidence, I think. Yeah. Just, you know, just just going in and thinking I can't make a team instead of just, just being, you know, just, just another guy there. Yeah, it's going to be cool yeah. training with all uh, Ben Simmons and that. It's going to yeah, be all the boys. Such That's a good experience. Um, after averaging 25 points a game and nine rebounds, six assists, and putting together one of our toughest mixtapes we have on the page, um, um, I've seen I've seen Kobe and Daryl assigned to Red City. Is there any chance we'll see you put that jersey on this season? <laughs> oh shit! Uh, no, that's that's probably yeah, it's probably a long shot. I don't think that's gonna. I don't really think it's gonna happen. Um, obviously, I wish it did. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Kobe should have played with us last year. Um, he obviously he probably would have won if we yeah. if we had it. Um. But you know, like that'd be pretty cool to play with um, two brothers, both of them instead of just Daryl. Yeah, you know, it was cool playing against against Kobe last year. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember one session I switched onto him, and um, I was going to do the whole Coach K slap slap before, kind of, <laughs> but um, you know, I think it's, I think as soon as I yelled switch, he gave it straight back to Tamri or something. So yeah, that was a bit crazy. All right, we're going to get into our ten quick questions. We do this every week with our guests. Um, the first question is, who's someone you try and mold your game around? Oh, um, probably Chris Paul, as far as pick and rolls, stuff like that. I mean, it's probably the person I watch the most just to learn. Nice, I like that. You good? What's the best on-court highlight you've ever had? That you can remember? Oh, there's got to be a few. Probably the dunk on the north side. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's got to be the best. Um, I, I wish I got the one against Spartans, though. That's the one I wish I got. Yeah, that was big. That was real yeah. big. Um, yeah, you dunked it, and I was filming on the baseline, and the guy slid to my feet, and I like filmed, I like looked down like that, <laughs> and his head was like on me. I was like, oh my oh, God. The worst, the worst thing is, I've known him for years. Yeah, and I played with oh, real fun in, in juniors. So, you mean the best thing is that you've known him for years? Yeah, do, do, you, te- do you text you after the game? No, nah, he was texting everyone else. Oh, right, <laughs> he's like, he's doing that. all right. Um, who's your favorite artist? Who's in the headphones? Oh, that would be Michael Jackson 100%. Interesting, pre game, yeah, and anytime. Damn, no, okay. no question. Nice. All right. What about our favorite coach or most kind of influential coach? I would, that would be that would be my coach in I had two coaches in Germany. Um, one was Andrea Trincheri. Um, as far as X's and O's, he's an absolute genius. Um, he you know he gets called up to the NBA all the time, but says no. 
And then the other one was Mario Dugunjic. Um, he would just really took care of me off the court when um some stuff some stuff happened back home while I was over or while I was overseas. So um those two have helped me out the most on and off the court. Um, just before I get into the next question, was language barrier really a thing in Germany? Would you have a translator or? No, no. So everyone in the organization spoke English well. So yeah, there was I didn't have any any problem with that at all. That's all right. Um, who's your favorite teammate of all time? hard to pick one <laughs> uh, it, it actually is when like when you play so many so many teams it's you probably get your brothers yeah like i don't want to i don't want to make it obvious and say that because yeah. they obviously are but i don't want to you know to probably probably dj to be honest okay because yeah me and dj we we play well together yeah he's killing it this season i destroying. yeah um all right what about on the court um Favorite position that you, you like to play? I think I know, but yeah, that that'd be point guard. Yeah, for sure. You just control everything. Um, who's the hardest player you've had to guard? I think you said Kevin Porter. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably Kevin. Maybe even Jalen Green too. Yeah, Jalen Green. How how do you go against you guys? You got him a couple of times. How do you go? Yeah, I think I got him twice. You got to yeah. the rim both times. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're we're we up by like twenty five, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. It's all it's all no, yeah, probably yeah, probably those two. Um all right, what about NBA? Who's winning the who's winning the chip this year? Oh my god, okay. Well, I mean the way Brooklyn are signing right now. Yeah. Yes. Lakers picked just, up drumming, but so I think I think it might have to be I don't know if I can pick, but it'll be a Lakers Brooklyn finals, I think. Uh Hesh, what do you think? Um I said Lakers a few weeks ago, I must stay strong. I mean I'm a I'm a converted LeBron. I just can't like man, he's unbelievable, man. I can't bet against him anymore. Can't do it. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to get past the Nets. I think Nets will win. Too many, too many, too many stars. Every time someone touches the ball, yeah, it's in the hands of an all-star, you know? So, yeah. Um, next question. Favorite basketball shoe? Uh, that'll be Kobe Fours. All right. Sure. I think someone else said Kobe Fours. Who was that? Uh, Rain. Could have been Rain. Rain said Kobe yeah. Fours too. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe shoe. Um, I like Kobe Fours as well. Um, all right. Last question. Tenth question. Put yourself in a, in a time machine. Looking back on your career, is Will McDowell White going to wear an NBA jersey? Yes. Yes. At, at, at some point, he will. Even, like even if it's just one time, he'll, he'll do it. Yeah, I like that. Um, next thing we get into is our five fan questions. We chuck these on our story for our followers to ask you. Um, the first one is, is a funny one. Uh, who wins in the backyard 1v1s? You, Daryl, which sibling, Kobe? Who wins the ones? Uh, not Kobe, Kobe's too small. Ah, <laughs> oh, probably. Well, I'm going to say myself, but Daryl, Daryl does put a good, he does put a good fight up. He can every, every now and then he'll beat me. Uh, I was going to say, what's what, what would Daryl's answer be? <laughs> 
I mean, it should be me, but he, <laughs> he definitely <laughs> said himself. Uh, that's funny. All right, second question. I think it's from your little sister Haley. Who's your favorite sibling? Oh, <laughs> put you on the spot. Everyone knows it's 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 baby Scala. <laughs> How many siblings are there? So I have seven. Okay. So baby Scala gets the gets the choice there. <laughs> um, someone asked, "What were your grades like at school?" Uh, well, I know the general, you know, assumption is they were terrible. Well, definitely when I started out high school, they were bad because um, I went to a prestigious high school in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, they weren't they weren't that bad. Uh, I mean, I was probably an average, just above average student. Um, yeah. It was what? tough my senior year being away. I was only at school for like maybe a term and a half, so. I didn't, um, you know, it was tough to do that, but yeah, everyone, everyone seems to think I was a, I was a dumb kid, but um, I like to think I was, I was actually okay. Um, what, what was the prestigious school you went to? Uh, Churchy. Oh yeah, Churchy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, fourth one, man. Um, you've answered this question already, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip it a little bit. The question was originally, who's the best player you've played with? Obviously, you said Kevin Porter Jr. was, was a bit of a bucket, but um. Who's the most underrated player you've ever played with? Someone doesn't get hyped, but you were like, or his teammate, and you're like, oh my goodness, this guy's tough. Oh man, you've got to think about that one. He's played on a lot of teams. Yeah. Um... Probably, probably Armani Brooks, who played in our team this year. Armani Brooks. He's uh, yeah, he can shoot the shit out of it, but. Doesn't get talked about at all. Um, someone asked, are you going to bring the break as a championship? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not going to say no. Uh, yeah. But yeah. The, 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 now it's going to be a bit... going to have pretty much have a perfect end to the season for that. Yeah, legit. Um, have have you been watching the breakers games? Yeah, I've watched a couple. i watched yeah. a couple. Man, they just seem to be a great first half team right now, and then they just get tired. Mm. No legs. Corey Webster's out now, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's got injured. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's a lot of it's time consuming, um, but we appreciate it, and we're definitely rooting for you um, this season on the Breakers. And yeah, hopefully you get the call up for the uh, Boomers final roster. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate it, Will, man. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, really enjoyed that episode. Uh, we think Will's going to go far. Definitely going to be a star on the breakers. Um, appreciate all the support recently. Um, you know, like, subscribe on our YouTube means a lot. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Take care.